Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. All these small moments, the story of a teenage boy's infatuation with a woman he sees on a bus further complicates his already tumultuous life. All These Small Moments is a coming-of-age tale that invades the sexual exploration and and uncertainty of our collective childhood. It's at once a romantic and pathetic, heartbreaking and comical. And that is the story behind this film, All These Small Moments. And we're joined today by the director of All These Small Moments, and that would be Melissa B. Miller-Costanza. Melissa, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Is there anything that you would like to add to that that uh, introduction is it's about yes it's certainly about a, a boy who falls in infatuation uh but more than that it is about a family it is about a whole lot of other things anything else to add to that i think it's just a culmination of all these things that happen in your life that you don't necessarily remember clearly as you get older but they've definitely kind of mushed together to form the person you are and, and your life experiences and the way you react to different things. I mean, you're just a culmination of the life you've lived, I think. The film title really tells you a lot about the film itself. And knowing that there's a, all you need to know is there's a family and, and involved in all these small moments really goes a long ways towards explaining it. But you're the writer as well as director. Tell me a little bit about where the story or the elements of the story came from. So many different parts of my life and either things that I've experienced that I kind of have rolled on, like rolled into maybe not the exact thing that happened to me, but at least the sort of same feeling that happened to me. And it's just, you know, it's, I'm an adult. I used to be a teenager. And I think it's just sometimes I find myself thinking about you know, past boyfriends, people that I've come into contact with, people that I've been infatuated with, and for whatever reason it never came to pass. And just those, like, you know, I, I love the idea of, like, can you actually be in love with somebody that's not in love with you? Like, is that is it really love if it's not reciprocated? And so kind of all those gray areas around love just really, really fascinate me. The road not taken, the person that you didn't say hi to on the bus, those things are the uh, as well as what you said, and uh, and that is life. And I do believe you can be in love without even knowing one way or the other if the person that you are in, you say you're in love with loves you back. I think that in some ways isn't that a little bit more of a pure love? It's it's a or, or is it not, or is it the opposite or is it an infatuation, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, you can be in, it's, you can be in love with somebody, but you can also be in love with the idea of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is, they're yeah. very, those things are very different. And I think a lot of us fall in love with the idea of somebody. And once you get to know them, they're, they're, you kind of wish you didn't get to know them. You kind of wish that their your idea of them was the reality. And sometimes you want to keep it that way, you know. Yeah, no, sometimes the, you don't want to get to know them because your <laughs> ideal is better. Yes, well, that no, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Well, the film has uh, all these small moments. Has a very good cast, and uh, Molly Ringwald is uh, the the mo- the mom, the wife. 
in the film, uh, and uh, she's terrific. We've got Brian uh, Darcy James, Brendan Meyer, Sam McCarthy, Harley Quinn Smith, and Jemima Kirk round out the uh, the cast, and they're all very good. This is a film where it is it's an endearing film, but and it's also one that will take some a little bit of time to sort of get to know the characters and along with it you really relate to them you really come to appreciate them for who they are and what they're going through and and uh, another thing that i just love about the film and that is that people react in this film like normal human beings would react <laughs> And I think so often in a film like this, it sort of attempts to tackle these kinds of issues or topics. Uh, there's almost always this sort of uh, hyper sense of of a character to the point where it becomes a, a character or a cartoon. And that's not the case with your film. And I really appreciate that. So I guess a long way of asking you in writing the film, the storylines, but also the characters, was this something you were conscious of when you were when you were writing the film? I mean, I think that the the dialogue comes very easy, easily to me, much more so than, let's say, structure, for example. Um, but, but I do think I'm conscious of when I see a movie and, you know, the characters, you know, they speak very, like, rat-a-tat-tat, and they always have, like, the right punchline. And I, I think, like, even to, like, a novice, audience member like those things can come across and they take you out of the movie because you're just like people simply don't talk like that so I think I'm aware of that when I'm writing but you know there's always nuances I mean there's always like Juno for example that was a very specific character who who did talk like that because she was like smarter than her years so sometimes it calls for that and sometimes it doesn't and so I think what I hope that I did was just make, like, I set out to make a more natural film where it wasn't, where the dialogue wasn't necessarily stylized. So, um, yeah, I was conscious of that going into it. Well, and I would also think that another part of the equation, writing a, a certain kind of dialogue a certain way, you're also um, the critical part of any making, any filmmaking is al always casting. Uh, and and so I think the kind of actors that you brought into the project are very much in keeping with that sensibility. Is that was that again part of the sort of you wanted these people? These are, with the exception of Molly Ringwald, uh, I would say she would be the highest profile actor in the film. Uh, these are young actors or actors that we may not be as familiar with. Was that something you consciously wanted so that you could infuse these characters? the way that you wanted them or the way you felt that they, they should play out the characters? I mean, I would, I would say that casting is, you know, like 70% of casting is just sort of like the, the, the vibe that that person brings. Like you can't, you can't change that. So right. yeah, like you're, you know, you can't bring a person too far out, outside of who they are. Um, so I just wanted someone who felt, I wanted people who felt, natural to me um and i think even like jemima i mean she's on the show girls people know her really well but i think she brought she actually did bring a different part of her uh that people have usually seen so i just i wanted to be able to work with actors who i knew could handle the material i mean she's a complex character she's an older woman who's attracted to this younger guy and in the wrong hands that could come across as seedy um and she was able to sort of 
show how broken she was. So when we find out later all the things that are going on with her, like you kind of understand why she might have been attracted to a younger guy. And similarly with with Howie, I mean Brendan Meyer brought. He's an interesting character, Howie, because he has he has a certain vulnerability and insecurity, but at the same time he has to be charming and confident enough to sort of like go after her and sort of have all these these different women interested in him. So I, I think you have to, those, inherently people have that in them before they even come to the project. So those, those were two characters that were hard to find because there's that duality of, of personality that's happening in both of them. Yeah, and I, I, I to Brendan's uh, character of Howie, I, I, I really like that he, I mean, in some ways there's a, there's a sort of type he was, you know, the tr- I wouldn't say troubled youth, but he was a guy who was not all that, a talkative guy. He was he was a, a character who keeps to himself, although he's close to his brother. They share a bond, but he he was he, he really was trying to break out uh, of this sort of adolescence into what he considered to be the idea of an adult relationship. And seeing Odessa on the on the bus sort of embodied all the things that he was projecting, was hoping because she's a little bit older than him. And you're right about Odessa. She her character that. That that was a well handled. It was the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, it could have gone down like an unsightly road, you know. Yeah. So we were we wanted to make sure that it that didn't overpower the rest of the movie. That it, it wasn't supposed to be about the 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 you know it being inappropriate. It, you, you know, you find out what's happening in both of their lives. It's kind of bringing them together, and suddenly it's not as unsightly. No, I, guess. I thought it yeah. was. I felt very natural to me, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, Molly Ringwald's character is the anchor of the film. She is terrific in the film. I was so um, so glad to see her uh, in a role that it felt like she could really run with. Yeah. And, and I think she did. She plays the part of mom, Carla Sheffield, in the film. And the, the relationship issues she's having with her husband are, are again, they're appropriate. It's, it sounds well within the, what you would expect and a married couple going through some some rough times, but she's just absolutely wonderful in the film. A uh, little bit about how she came into the project. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wanted someone, it's, it's funny because on the page and even Molly, when we talked about the character, she's like, I, she just, she's so angry all the time. And Molly was concerned that she was just going to come across angry a lot of the time. And so her and I kind of worked to give her a little bit more to work off of and, you know, her quieter moments and, and all those things. But I think the reason why I was attracted to Molly for it is because I just think sometimes in movies you see the same, like, ten actresses, especially in indie movies, you know, you see the same actresses all the time. And I just, you know, of course I needed someone who was kind of high profile to help try to get the movie made. But I, I wanted someone who was, you know, Molly brings a lot of recognition to her because we all, you know, a lot of us grew up with her. So I liked that familiarity that you got with her. But at the same time, we, a lot of us haven't seen her in roles like this for a while. And so I liked the idea that we were going to see something new from her, but she was still someone that we were comfortable with and, like, thought she was our friend. And I think a lot of this movie has that sort of nostalgia to it, and I think that she helped to build that feeling around it because we feel like she's someone that we know already. Well, and I, and I would chime in with that she that anger that that was on the page, she internalizes it. You're aware of it. 
yeah. it doesn't boil over in into histrionics in, right. in in her character and the way she plays it. But you're aware that she's she's not happy. No, she's she's not a happy camper. Right, but at the same <laughs> but at the same time, I think she also the character also realizes that she's got to kind of take her hands off the wheel here a little bit with her with her young sons. Yeah. And that, and that that's an important part that while she may want to still be, you know, more of the mom, she she can't. And uh, so I, I just, I, I really liked her role. I thought she did a terrific job with this film, uh, with this role. This, uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I also think, like, you know, cheating is a tough thing to write about and to have as a subject matter because people are pretty divisive about it and they... You know, if my husband cheated on me, I'd be out the door in one second. And I just feel like it's not so cut and dry. And people bring so much to their various relationships, whether there's, like, a child involved or, I mean, who knows what the story is. And so I liked the idea of, like, Tom didn't really, like, mean to cheat. It was kind of like this manifestation of getting ignored. And so when they're having an argument about what happened, you know, she's just as guilty as, as he is. And she's like, I'm sorry, I stopped caring about you and I think they're both you know the physical part of cheating isn't necessarily like as you know there's other things that are just as bad and so for her to check out mentally I think is just as bad as like you know the the physical act you know so I wanted I wanted to explore and I wanted to make sure that she I certainly didn't want her to be a victim and so that's why I wanted to even out the playing field. And I was very I was I, I was very I wanted to make sure that the person he cheated with wasn't this young ingenue. And I purposely made her someone who was his age that he you know, that he worked with. So it again it was this even playing field. It wasn't obvious to us why he cheated. Like right. he he didn't immediately go for the trope of like yeah. the younger woman, you R- know. R- Right, and also... That was like a conscious decision. Right, and and I thought it... And again, once again, what I said earlier, these people behave like people I know. <laughs> okay, I mean... Hopefully not all of them. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But no, I just in the sense of, you know, that, that what they did and how they reacted was just, okay, I, I understand it. I think an important right. part of, of liking a movie is on some level being able to relate, if not... You have to relate some way. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. some way, and, and so I, that's how I felt watching the film. And again, the, the fact that they've been married for uh, probably 20-something years, right around that, you know, that's a, yeah. you know, that's a dangerous time for men and women. You know, you figure, you figure at that time of your life, you've got, you've, it's either now or never. If you're going to, if you're going to leave, yeah. it's now or it's yeah. never. And I, I, I would think that's part of it. He but, obviously feels like, he feels so bad, but he really feels yeah. so like not the cheating kind right he's he's not cut out for it you know right (laughs) well i want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the director and writer of the new film all these small moments and that would be melissa b miller costanzo and starts in theaters on january 17th and it will be available on demand and digitally on january 18th and you can find out more about the film and i suddenly lost my place as to what's the website for the film best way is to just follow either my handle on um, Instagram or Twitter, which they're both at Mel B. Miller. At, okay, okay, either Instagram or Twitter is what you said? Yeah. So, and that would be Mel B. Miller at those two uh, social media sites. It's Yeah, and I, I kind of 
sometimes update my own website. Uh, so as a last resort, you can go to melissabmiller.com. Okay. Now, it's being released through Orion Classics. It's an MGM um, uh, release as well, so for people. Yeah. But those are other ways to, to find out more about it. And wrapping up, I mean, the reaction to the film, uh, it was it premiered at uh, the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, and uh, obviously a prestigious uh, festival to be at. Uh, in terms of just sort of the, the journey for you and the film, what would you say for young filmmakers in terms of how, how it is to, as you navigate the, uh, the world of distribution and getting film in a theater, uh, how has it been for you with all, uh, with all these uh, small moments? Definitely a, a, a lot to answer, but I would just say as far as my experience has been so far, I've been really proud of um, how it's been received. And I would just say if you're trying to make your own film, um, just remember the worst thing that someone can say is no. And the more you hear the word, the less impact it has on you. So, like, don't be afraid to speak up or if you want to direct, don't be afraid to say you want to direct. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is is not ask for what you want because, again, it, the worst that could happen is someone says no, and it's really not that yeah. bad once you get used to all the no's. So just just speak up for what you want to do, and, and eventually, you know, if, if your passion is there and you have a project that people relate to, then, you know, you're, it'll get made. It's, it's, it's a hard process. It's certainly not easy, but just... Just speak up for what you want. Don't be afraid to to ask people and and yeah. talk to people. And you'd be surprised how um, how much people respond to that. Yeah, amen to that. You get used to hearing no. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Just yeah. well, yeah. Maybe that's the that's the nugget of advice that's in there. Get get used to get used to it. But each each no sort of like bounces off a little bit softer uh, yeah, I think. there you go and and, and uh, so you've you've been a producer and now you're a uh, been a director was there something in the the per, being a producer you said i can do i can do it i could be a director um is sort of that transition was that i just i think directing is so much more civilized than producing producing is no joke it is so hard and I would say advice for that is if you hire people to work for you, trust them. I, I like my first movie I produced, I, I just took on way too much and I was like chain smoking and lost 20 pounds and it was a terrible experience, but <laughs> I just don't know if I'm cut out for producing, but just, you know, yeah. just, uh, if you can produce and you can take something like that on, I think that you just learn that directing is just about like, Letting other people be, you know, be collaborative. Don't try to do it yourself. Yeah, I, I honestly, I watching uh, all these small moments. I feel like you made the film you wanted to make. Yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about it. I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really proud of it, and it, it turned out. You know, if, if you can make a movie that's like 85 percent of what you see in your head, then you're successful. So I feel like. I, I, I feel like that happened on this one. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on the film. Congratulations on following your your muse in making the <laughs> film. And uh, once again, uh, the film is called All These Small Moments, and we've been talking with the writer and the director, and that would be Melissa B. Miller Costanzo. Melissa, thank you so much for being here on Film School. All right, man. Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate it.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.